Welcome to the Second News for Everyone podcast. We welcome all people, regardless of race, gender, sexual orientation, or background, to learn about their Second Amendment right and all aspects of firearms ownership. Welcome to episode 88 of the Second Is For Everyone podcast. This episode's entitled, You Ready to Fight Yet? All right, let's talk about what's been happening and what's going on with the diversity shoots and the work we're doing. We've had a couple of different uh, diversity shoots already. Uh, I think since the last time we spoke, we were at the Heritage Guild. Uh, We're hosting a diversity shoot there and it was a lot of fun. Uh, kind of messed up the dates and that was 100% my fault Uh, that I said the correct date but the wrong day or no Ah, I don't know I screwed up and showed up a day ahead of time so luckily everybody uh, many of the people that were there uh, because I told them to be there uh, were able to come back the next day and we actually had more people buy tickets so it was really great. Um, everyone handled that really well, and I really appreciated it from the Heritage Guild itself uh, to uh, all the attendees and my volunteers. We're able to make it a memorable event, memorable event, and I really appreciate the hard work other people do uh, to make this thing called the Diversity Shoot work. And I also appreciate the fact that um, people willing to help me, even when I drop the ball and screw up a little bit, people understood and we went on with the event which was a lot of fun and I think uh, at that event (laughs) they broke out the Uzi and we had some fun with that full auto Uzi in in, uh, Easton PA at the Heritage Guild because you can have the fun toys at the Heritage Guild Uh, we also had some guys with some really cool guns show up and uh, new shooters that was really great people people who'd never been there before got to exercise their Second Amendment rights. They got to learn about uh, organizations like CNJFO and other organizations that we mentioned or I mentioned during the event. So they know there's outlets, there's ways to actually fight for their Second Amendment rights other than just writing their congressmen or senators or or representatives. Um, What else? Okay, and then we went and did the uh, Union Hill Gun Club. We had the diversity shoot there. That was great. I really enjoyed going to that uh, going to that particular range. Uh, the owner's great. Uh, the staff is awesome. They really want this thing to work, and they participate on every level to make every diversity shoot uh, a success. Now, let me tell you something. Because New Jersey has carry now, we have the ability to actually uh, carry uh, concealed. Actually, carry. It can be both open carry and concealed in New Jersey. Uh, our carry permit doesn't stipulate which both ranges or every range in New Jersey is busy right now with people getting uh, training to say they have training so they can qualify to get a carry permit in Jersey but here's the crazy part there is no training that is stipulated by the state you must have you must get signed off on, your paperwork must be signed off on by a trainer who says you understand the manipulation and handling of a firearm. So there is no shooting that needs to be done. But 
what many ranges are doing, and I think it's really smart, is they're using the same qualifications for you to pass uh, the police qualifications for a handgun. They're using it for civilian qualifications. So the same distances, the same times, the same targets. So if you can pass police qual, they feel that it's going to be hard for a judge to say, you can't handle a firearm well enough if you've passed the same qualifications that the law enforcement officers that work in in the courts pass. So that's pretty cool. Um, they're charging between $125 and $200 for these classes. Right, they're going to do what they do. Um, they didn't ask for it, but, and again, it's not necessary, but it's a smart move because judges are going to try to deny it on the flimsiest of terms. So please, if you live in Jersey, get your carry permit. Even if you have no intention to carry, get your carry permit anyway. They're going to try tricks. They're going to do all kinds of stupid stuff uh, to delay it. Don't care. Get it even as a form of protest. Give it. Uh, get your carry permit as a form of support of your Second Amendment rights. But get your carry permit in the state of New Jersey. Um, so that's what we've been doing. Sorry for the ums. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm in the Freedom Mobile. I'm going to look at another house. So I'm doing this from the road only because I wanted to. Uh, I don't want to delay it because a lot of things have been happening. I think it's important for us, for me, to get stuff out like this in a timely manner, because this is in the immediate. I think two weeks ago or less, there was an active shooter in Indiana and it was stopped by a civilian. And I want to talk about that later in the show. Um, I also want to discuss the assault weapons ban that was attempted and it made it through uh, the House in September. They're going to put it in front of the Senate. So if you don't listen any further in the show than this, Regardless of where your senator stands on the assault weapons ban, contact them and tell them to vote no. Now, my two senators, of course, wholeheartedly for the assault weapons ban because they're scum of the earth and both of them have admitted to sexually attacking people. So, of course, that kind of human being would not want you to have the ability to defend yourself and they'll use the excuse for your safety to do it. Again, I'll say it. Both... Cory Booker and whatever Menendez's garbage first name is. I, I can't think of it right now. Both of them had admitted one to having sex with underage girls, at least in the Dominican Republic with Menendez. And Cory Booker says he attacks some ladies sometimes for something. You can Google it. I just rolled my eyes when I read it. But I know he's also been accused by a dude of sexually assaulting him at a party. These are all things you can Google. Don't don't go, oh, you just don't like these guys because they're Democrat. I don't like anyone that is against my civil rights. But there's no reason to lie when the truth is easily found by taking a second to look. All right, so that's what's happening. That's what we're going to be talking about this show. We're going to be talking about how you can fight for your rights and how it's time to step it up there's no more waiting to see what will happen 
Also, I did an episode of Self-Defense Gun Stories. You can find that on the fire, uh, excuse me, on the Self-Defense Radio Network. I really think if you're a self-defender, or at least want to think of things from that point of view, like you don't have to use your imagination. You can actually listen to that show, Self-Defense Gun Stories, to hear real stories of real people that use the firearm to defend themselves against an attacker or multiple attackers and how it ended for them. And you also get to hear critique from uh, defensive firearms instructors on what they did right, what they could have done better. I really think that show is worth listening to, even if, (laughs) regardless of if I'm on it or not, I I really think the instructors that are on that show, I enjoy listening to them. Even if I don't agree with everything they said or the way they particularly said something, I want to hear it because all of them has years of experience of doing this and they've seen different things and live in different areas. So they may have different perspectives on how things work or how things should be. So anyway, welcome to episode 88 and I'll see you in the next segment. Welcome back. We're to the legislative segment of the podcast. And we're going to be talking about the assault weapons bill of the 2022 assault weapons ban. And as I was going over this, I started, I was like, hey, maybe I should read the assault weapons ban to everyone and and let you know what is at risk. And then I was like, no, why? Look, if you want to read it, go ahead, go online, look at it. But the answer is always going to be no to this. Why do I care about the minutiae? It's all designed to take them to the next step of banning whatever it is. So this one was, they continually say AR-15, but then they name features. They mean every semi-automatic rifle with a detachable magazine. Every single one of them, the center, center, center-fired rifles. The goal is civilian disarmament. I don't understand why people continually want to go, oh, but they're not talking about... Their goal is to take every firearm that's efficient and effective away from the populace. This is a long-term goal. Some people may be aware of it uh, that are anti-gun. Some people may not be aware of it and really believe they're doing it for our safety. They are not doing it for your safety if you stop looking at things one at a time and start looking at the collective of what's happening. You can either believe there's an evil cabal in the world that's trying to take over and have a one-world government, like some people say, and I've rolled my eyes over that for years. Might be true, but I do understand greed has never changed. Regardless if it's one organization or a bunch of people getting together, Greed has always found allies, and when they ally with politicians, they will crush your rights, they will start wars, they will murder people to uh, make money. The entire country of Panama is because the United States business people got greedy and wanted to own the Panama Canal, wanted to build and own the Panama Canal. They started a revolution in Colombia. So Panama breaks away. So don't act as if somehow people won't squash your rights for financial gain. And that's not the only place. I mean, you can talk about how 
uh, railroad barons used every means possible to buy the land upon which they laid railroads across the country. I mean, that's dang near half. <laughs> that kind of crap is nearly half of everything that every Western ever made. So, no, business people will do dirt and step on your rights, and, and marginal, especially of marginalized people, and, and do whatever they want to do. So the thought of using mass shootings to disarm people shouldn't really be a shock to you. So about the assault weapons ban, say no to it, regardless of what it says, regardless of if they grandfather someone in or, or some firearms in. Every time we allow something like this to pass, what we do is move what they call the Overton window of what's acceptable to ban. Oh, 15 round magazines is all you need. What kind of arbitrary number is 15? Standard capacity is 30, uh, 30 for many magazines. So you just cut that in half? Well, they're not going to stop at cutting that in half because in New Jersey they've reduced it to 10. Understand, they won't stop. Places like New Jersey, New York, and California, Massachusetts, um, they use as a test bed to see how much they can push. So if you're saying yes or understand, no. No, it's all no. Red flag laws are not in your favor. Universal background checks are not in your favor. And assault weapons bans are not in your favor. What you're doing is falling for the bullcrap because you're all new to this. You think they somehow make you safe. Quick question, if they made you safe. If the government itself could stop it from happening, do you think they would? And if you say yes to that, then I ask you this question. 9-11 happened. They came up with the Department of Homeland Security and the TSA. They dumped lots of money into it. They brought in maybe even mediocre people, but people with airports and metal detectors. They changed protocols, and not one hijacking has happened in American airports since 2001. You think they could apply that same thing to schools? Because they could. And when could they have done that? 99? With Columbine? 2000? After the Virginia Tech shooting? No. They need these deaths to happen. That's why the United States is also the only country that includes the number of deaths by, uh, deaths by suicide using a firearm in our statistics so we can stay near the top or at the top, according to uh, anti-gun people, of we can have more people killed by gun violence than anyone else in the world. You know what happens when you take suicide out of those statistics? The United States drops down to like the 115th country of people dying from gun violence. Yes, I'm using air quotes even though you can't see it. So, fight all gun control. Gun control was built on the foundation of racism. It was built on the foundation of keeping, in America, keeping blacks enslaved, keeping Native Americans disarmed, then it went to also Chinese got fitting there so they couldn't actually fight back against the racism that they suffered. Gun control is about control and it's wrapped in the cloak of safety. It's a lie now. It was a lie then and it will be a lie in the future.
The government has not stopped, did not stop the first mass shooting. They didn't stop the last mass shooting. And they won't stop the next mass shooting because it benefits them and their civilian disarmament agenda. Say no to all gun control. Write your legislators. Call your legislators, regardless of where they stand on the subject, and tell them no. You don't even have to go into it. Vote no on this. And if you don't vote no, I will look for another candidate to vote for during the next primary or the next election. Whatever it takes to make that change, to remove gun control off the ticket of every political party. Just all of them have to go. No, if you touch gun control, you will lose your job. Your party will lose the majority. And truthfully, maybe it's time for us to start thinking about more and more third parties becoming involved that are more libertarian when it comes to your rights. All right, that's it for this section. I'll be right back. High Point Firearms. That's right, I'm talking about High Point Firearms. Why would you buy a High Point pistol? Why would you buy a High Point carbine? Well, High Point carbines just work. High Point carbines are a lot of fun because they're inexpensive, especially compared to a lot of the AR-15 based PCCs. Um, They're pretty much the entry level in pistol caliber carbines and they work. Um, especially if you combine them with a high tower armory bullpup chassis, turns the front up to an 11. Why would you buy a high point handgun though? Don't they have a horrible reputation? Well, truthfully, I purchased a high point handgun before I even started doing the diversity shoot. Why? Because I wanted to know whether they earned that reputation of being horrible or not. Guess what? They work. They work. They're simple blowback pistol, which means the slide is heavy, it's high. It's not the most ergonomic pistol in the world, but for the price point, you have a gun that works. That's why I actually started talking to the people at High Point. Tell them about the handgun. Tell them about the reviews. Tell them about the thousands of rounds. Yes, thousands. I'm one of those people that actually fired thousands of rounds for a High Point handgun, and it works. I've even used it in a class and it ran the entire class with zero malfunctions that wasn't caused by the operator not shoving the magazine all the way in. That's the only malfunction I had. The mag fell out because I did a dumb reload. High point firearms are dependable. They serve a niche. If you are an entry-level firearms owner, it's an inexpensive way to protect you and your family. If you really really like trolling the internet it's one of the easiest ways to do it high point firearms fun no matter where you are in your firearms ownership journey welcome back Uh, episode 88, we're going into the mad minute. Now, if you guys have been following me on Instagram at Simon Says Train, you've seen my 16 minute rant driving down this very turn, New Jersey Turnpike from last week, where I went off for 16 cursed filled minutes of uh, 
frustration about um, how the assault weapons ban passed through uh, the House. I promise there will be no cursing on this, but the message is the same to us as Americans. And regardless of whether you own a firearm or not, regardless of whether you own a firearm or not, you do not know what the future holds. Now, if you're one of those people that somehow forgot that there were riots in cities across America, but it happened there and it can't happen near you, that's very naive and almost childlike wishing. You have no idea what's going to happen. The, the, the world we live in is different. The world we live in right now doesn't have violence like a lot of the countries on the planet because of a lot of reasons. But a lot of those reasons are falling by the wayside because of uh, political decisions by people who want to remain in power and get reelected. All right. It's just that way. You could be put at risk because of, again, uh, rioters, which has happened. You can also be put at risk because people break into your home because they've changed a lot of policies in regards to how they charge people that break into homes and do uh, violent acts. Sorry, but they've let a lot of inmates out because of COVID out of jail. They've changed a lot of policies because of COVID on how they handle certain crimes that leaves criminals on the street and leaves the population vulnerable to attack. I'm not one of those people that go, oh my goodness, alarm, alarm, alarm. Not, not whatsoever. But understand, having an option to defend yourself and your family should always be open to you. Regardless of your politics, regardless of your heritage, regardless of what you're saying right now that no one needs a gun and, and AR-15s are not something a civilian needs, no matter how naive you are about it, this is your right and you shouldn't give it away. So what I'm going to talk about today in the Mad Minute, which hasn't started yet, so don't even start your clocks, don't even start your clocks, is what we can do. All right, ready, set, go. In this Mad Minute, I'm going to talk to you about how you should be fighting for your Second Amendment rights. Not only your Second Amendment right, but every right that you hold dear, regardless of where you stand on the subject. We don't have to agree, but you as an American should use the rights you have to fight to maintain the rights you have or even get back the rights we've lost. You can sit around and do nothing, but understand once they're gone, you have to fight to get them back. And most people, if they didn't care enough to fight in the first place, won't care enough to fight now. Become involved. You don't have to be able to see the end. Yes, when I join, I'm a Second Amendment absolutist, but I understand most people aren't. My whole goal is to get rid of the NFA, to make people understand that it's not there to help them and I'm going to fight by joining Second Amendment advocacy groups, by volunteering with Second Amendment advocacy groups, by contacting my legislators, by hosting events, by doing everything I can to fight for this right. Am I telling you to do the same thing? Heck no. You might not have enough time or you may not be as dedicated to it as I am and I don't blame you. This takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of emotional. It takes a lot of emotional fitness. Uh, and you have to lean on others in the fight. But what you can do is get in the fight. Stop sitting around waiting for somebody else to care more about your rights than you do because there is no one 
that will fight for your rights as hard as you will. You can send a group money, you can be a donor, you can be a life member, but those people may still have agendas you may not know about and may not match your own. Get involved in the fight. Volunteer. Look into candidates that are local that are already running. Find out if your local dude is pro 2A. If he's pro 2A, maybe look and see if you can volunteer or help them or even donate to them. Donating to a politician takes you to another level of them paying attention to you because you go from being an unnamed, unknown constituent to being someone who's actually helped finance their campaign. That's a totally different level. That also gets you listened to and paid attention to more. You have to be a part of it if you want to fight it. And maybe if it's repugnant to you to give money to a Democrat or Republican, look for someone third party. It is not a waste of vote. And I think more and more people are starting to realize maybe third parties are a viable option. Find a way to get involved. You don't have to uh, jump into the deep end of the pool, but you really need to take that first step. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, and I may screw it up, you don't have to see the whole staircase, but you really need to take that first step. You need to get involved. You need to start doing something. You, if you don't, what are you going to say if this all falls apart? Because when it works out, are you going to take credit for the Bruin decision? Oh, look, that worked out. Well, did you donate to anybody? Did you become a part of anything? Did you help spread the word of anything? No? So you're just going to benefit from other people's work. Is that the kind of person you are? When you look at, the li at your life, the movie that you call your life, are you a good guy or are you a barnacle? Just hanging on to the side of other people's ships, going wherever they go. Or are you a member of the crew? That's all I'm saying. Become a member of the crew. Become an asset. Become become someone that's helping form your own destiny, not riding along with others and saying it is what it is. All right, thanks a lot, man. I hope uh, if you haven't done it, it motivates you to join and become a participant. Maybe takes you up to the next level. I use Rebecca Schmoy as an example, who's in Kansas in the 59th district. She just won her primary, uh, Republican primary, by, what was it? She got like well over 60% of the vote. Well over 60%, I think up to 69% of the vote and won the primary. So she will be on the ticket come November. And she's a pro 2A advocate that was actually one of the founding members of One Million Moms Against Gun Control. She's a member of the DC Project. She's a, a outspoken <laughs> supporter of the Second Amendment and she stepped it up and ran for office. That's the ultimate and I wish her all the luck and I will be supporting her as long as I can until I become a 501c3 and then I'll just put their information out there somehow. So anyway, that's the end of the Mad Minute. Appreciate you listening to it. See you in the next segment. Welcome back. Episode 88. Are you ready to fight yet? All right, we're in the training concepts. This is uh, 
There's two reasons I named this thing, are you ready to fight yet? One, are you ready to fight as in legislation and fight for your rights? And number two, are you prepared skill level wise and equipment wise to actually fight and be effective at saving your life and the lives of others? So in training concepts, we're gonna talk about this shooting that took place at the mall where this young man, uh, Eli Dickens, defended himself and others and save many lives at a mass shooting. <sighs> all right, I'm gonna throw something out there because we all know I can't stick to a subject. Hey, what were the names of the three people that died at this mass shooting that were victims? You notice the media hasn't named them, there hasn't been slow music, there hasn't been flowers, there haven't been speeches at the White House from famous people that might be from the same state this shooting happened at. It was still a mass shooting where people died that didn't have to die because of murderer, because of a freaking coward. The media does not care. The media needs these things to happen so they can stoke your fears and talk about how useless it is to resist because they've really been poo-pooing the achievements of this young man. Now let's get into what he actually did. In a mall, when he was visiting, I think with his girlfriend, the shooting started, this guy came out of the bathroom, this murderer came out of the bathroom with an AR-15 and started laying rounds down. Eli tells the girlfriend to hide, tells people to get out of the way, pulls out his Springfield Hellcat, Springfield Armory Hellcat, and engages the bad guy who's again equipped with an AR-15. He uses his, his small concealed carry pistol and engages them from 40 yards away, 15 seconds, he put eight rounds out of 10 on target and killed the attacker, the mass shooter, the murderer, the coward, the monster. Yeah, let's not go into monster because monsters, no, no. This was a human being that was a POS and he was intent on just murdering people and he was stopped by a guy that was actually prepared and trained, even though it was by his uh, grandfather, and had practiced using his self-defense tool effective and efficiently. And that's what I want to talk about. Because everybody all of a sudden on the internet, every gun channel, has decided they want to do the Dickens drill. Understand, this guy did it in a mall with people running around, with shots being fired. I don't even know if shots are fired at him but with shots being fired, he took cover and laid down a base of fire that was effective and efficiently put down the bad guy. Can you do this? Everybody wants to do this because it's the thing. How's this? Can you put rounds on target at normal self-defense distances? Let's start there. Oh, actually, let's take it a step back again. Do you even carry your gun with you everywhere you go? Because this was a Simon property ball. I do work or have done work for the last 30 years in Simon property malls. There are gun-free zones. They are gun-free zones. Would you, and I love, the, I love the firearms community because they use this term, which I've stopped using, or at least consciously are attempting to stop using, Law-abiding citizens wouldn't have t 
taking a gun into that mall. Well, let me clarify something for you. One, I've stopped being a law-abiding citizen because a law can come in overnight to make everything I own, every firearm I own, illegal, and thereby I've stopped being a law-abiding citizen. Just like in New Jersey, it made the magazines I had that held 15 rounds because I wanted to be a law-abiding citizen. Uh, that turned me into a criminal overnight, and we couldn't give them away. We couldn't destroy them. We just somehow broke the law and should live with it. Yep, that's what happened anyway. <laughs> so that's why not only am I not a law, uh, I don't consider myself a law-abiding citizen, but I'm trying to consciously stop using that term <clears throat> and even subconsciously trying to stop using that term. But we're talking about you. Do you bring your gun everywhere? Are you one of those people that are ABCing, always be carrying? <coughs> Excuse me, I apologize. <clears throat> You're not? How about Pogo? Pants on, gun on. You that dude? You that lady? Why not? Eli was that dude. He saved lots of lives that day because this particular coward had hundreds of rounds on him. One of the people he killed was also carrying, but he died. You're not always going to win because you have the firearm on you. But you want to still have the skills on you. You want to have the ability on you. Put rounds on target. What is your limitations? Because a person has to know them. How fast can you draw your firearm from concealment and put a round on target? At seven yards. How do you group at seven yards just slow fire, taking your time. How do you shoot a seven yard? See, you don't have to waste your ammo going out to 40 yards. And many indoor ranges don't have a, a 40 yard. You, you can't thin your range out to 40 yards anyway. How are you at 25? How, uh, whoa, that's unreasonable. That's crazy. I totally understand. Doesn't happen often. But there's questions like, how long is the aisle at your grocery store? If there's a shooting at the grocery store, if there's an armed robbery and he's already, he's got a gun aimed at someone in your family. Everybody's not only out to take money. Some people want the world to burn. I've, because of my job, know people that wanted just to kill someone to know what it felt like. You don't know which person you're dealing with. When they pull a firearm out or knife out and they threaten your life and have a means to carry it out, you have to be ready to fight. You have to already have the skills. You can't wish them upon yourself. You already have to have the firearm on you or the tool on you to defend yourself. And you won't be able to wish for skills that you don't have. Have you developed them? Your carry gun, how well can you shoot it past seven yards? Did you get it because it's lightweight and you can carry it easily and you're not really worried about it because you think every self-defense altercation will happen at bad breath distance within arm's length? Well, maybe not. Maybe your NAA revolver should not be, your NAA 22 revolver should not be your primary firearm that you use for self-defense. Maybe that small subcompact pistol might be too small for you to shoot well to the end of an aisle at a grocery store. Not saying it is or it isn't, but I know the bigger the gun you have, for the within reason, 
the easier it is to fire accurately, to get a good grip, to get a great sight picture, sight alignment. All of that all figures in too. Should it, oh well, Tony, should I have a duty size gun for self protection? Well, it depends on how big or small you are and how you can carry it. Because with a Filster holster, I think that's it, right? <clears throat> that you can actually carry a bigger gun than you think. You can look into options, actually investigate it. But I think uh, that's one of the ways you can uh, carry a holster and a bigger gun. Also, sturdy belts, not the belt you bought from Walmart, but actually a belt designed to carry an EDC gun on it. There are things you can do to train up to be ready for that moment. We all kind of, sort of, really 100% hope doesn't come. I really don't want to be involved in a gunfight because even this successful stopping of a mass shooting, three people died. Three people no longer went home to their families that day. I don't want, if, if God forbid I'm involved and I can stop one from happening, I'd like to think my training, I've prepared to actually use a handgun and even a bladed weapon. I've trained to use those and hopefully I can come through and be an asset to my community. But I don't want to be, but I try to train to be. Pray for the best, train for the worst. It's really a thing. So make sure your firearm is ready. Make sure your caliber and your ammo are able to do the job. And then practice. Do I think training, like official training, taking someone's class is necessary? No. But there's an industry standard that most people train others to. Most quality trainers train others to an industry standard. Even the NRA is putting eight rounds, excuse me, five rounds on an eight-inch circle. And when I did it, we did it at 15 yards because that was the minimum we could do. That's pretty good when it comes to self-defense if you can pull that off. Train. It's important. <clears throat> Get training so you have certifications only because of the paperwork, because it looks better if you're involved in the self-defense incident. In my opinion, it looks better because you've actually had training and if you applied that training to the self-defense incident, even better. But not only train, practice what you learned in training. Practice regularly. And I don't mean once every six months. If you can get to the range once a month and have, and stop, if you go, oh my God, that's a lot. Understand, I'm not telling you to go to the range and plink and blow through 500 rounds of ammo because that's not what most people do. If you go there to practice what you learned in training, you can set up drills and go through one box of ammo, one box of uh, training ammo, and work on your skills. And at home, you can dry fire. You can even purchase an airsoft version of your gun and do what I've done with a cardboard box with uh, a towel in it or some kind of thing that stops the BB, airsoft BB from going completely through the target so you don't have a whole bunch of cleanup. There's a lot of practice you can do. You can dry fire for 15 minutes a day and you'll see the difference when you get to the range. So there's work you can do. That's what Training Concepts is about, telling you how to put in work so you're ready for the fight. So look at your gun. Can you shoot it well? 
does it help you conceal? Uh, is it easy to conceal? If not, maybe you should get a different belt, different holster. I mean, I carried a 1911, a full-size steel 1911 on me, and I concealed it, and no one knew I had it. But again, I'm bigger than your average bear. I am, after all, the largest pound-for-pound gun bunny in America. And uh, I have an easier time holding something like that down. All right, I'm going to get out of this section because I can go on forever. But I really want you to ask yourself, are you prepared? Is your equipment equipment prepared to be able to be ready? Are you ready for that fight? Mindset, equipment, those are the two things you're going to need. All right, see you in a few. Welcome back to episode 88, and we're going into gear horror right now. And this week, uh, we're talking about the Kershaw Shuffle 2 Folding Knife. All right, this is a Kershaw knife. It's a small EDC blade. I have been carrying one for, I think, years now, because what happened is I purchased, uh, I caught them on sale, some crazy sale, uh, so we can use them as giveaway items. I think I bought one and saw they were okay, so I made sure I got a bunch of them for giveaway items between the Shuffle 1 or the original Shuffle and the Shuffle 2. So I've done review on the Shuffle 1. This is about the new one, all right, or the latest one. It's a Tanto knife, which means it has a blade kind of like, you know, it's a Tanto-shaped blade. Look it up if you want to see it. It's not curved on the very end. It's kind of uh, blocked off. Uh, the blade steel is 8CR13MOV. What does that mean? I don't know. I think it's like 440 steel, like used in bucks. It's kind of okay. I've used it for years. It came sharp and it stayed sharp for a really long time. And I've used both of those knives and really, really had no problem with them. And because of the softness of the steel, I hear you can sharpen it easy. I didn't. I just had multiple, so I just switched over. Actually, nothing really got dull enough for me to switch over. I just switched over to check it out because this particular Kershaw, the Shuffle 2 is a little longer than the first one, and I can get all of my fingers around not only the handle, but they have a like notch that I can actually ease my hand up closer to the blade too. So it's a very decent knife uh, for pretty much anything you need to use it for everyday stuff i've cut food with it uh, the blade itself is uh what is it the blade it's two and a half inches so with a two and a half inch blade it pretty much is decent in most places it has a little uh thumb ramp on it or button i guess you say that you can stick your finger under thumb stud that's the word i was looking for it has a thumb stud that you can stick under stick your finger under and flip open but because the knife body is so short, it's not something at least I can do quickly. And I really have no need to do it quickly. I mean, uh, I want a good lock on the knife. I've had other knives fold back on my fingers, so I'd rather take extra time to flick a knife out and make sure it's solidly locked before I use it. The cost of the knife is between 25 and 30 bucks. I see around an average of $25 on multiple places. Right now I have it up on um, Blade HQ, also Knife Center is where I go, and sometimes I check out Amazon. 
but people have made me nervous with Amazon because they say sometimes, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the knives aren't actually from those companies. Like you can get a counterfeit. And I really don't want to take the chance, so I'll buy it from one of these other companies. Um, it's not a lot of money. Uh, the finish is good, so I don't have to worry about it being stained if I use, like, cut something and wipe it off. Because it has some kind of stone wash finish. I think they call it a black wash. Acid wash. Here it is. It says acid wash. Stainless steel liner. And the thing is light. I mean, very light. Weight, three ounces. Now, the hand grips are plastic, but it's textured, so it makes it easier to hold in your hand if even if you have wet hands i suggest the knife especially if you like i suggest you carry a knife every day as an adult because you need it for things instead of using your car keys or your teeth to try to open something or just looking for some implement hi we've developed knives centuries ago and somehow people don't want to use them as a cutting tool well, with this smaller blade, it's effective, it's non-threatening, unless you're a complete wuss, it's non-threatening. <clears throat> so if it's legal to carry one where you are, you're not going to get in trouble or have any problems, carry one. It's got a cool pocket clip, and it's a tough pocket clip because I haven't broken it yet. It's really tight. I, I was listening to one guy's review, and he said it tore his pants up. I've been wearing this thing for years. It did, doesn't do a darn thing. I, I don't know. Maybe he has some crappy pants. I have no idea. I've used it. I like it. It's got a pocket clip. It's got a good texture. got a decent blade. Also has a screwdriver on the backside and a bo combo screwdriver bottle opener. I don't use a bottle opener because it's not 1970. Everything I drink has a twist off top. <clears throat> and I don't drink beer. So there you go. Uh, but I've used a screwdriver and I've used it to tighten up things on the back. Small screws, both slotted and Phillips. And it didn't really offer much of a problem. And also is inexpensive enough that I don't mind using it like you shouldn't use a knife, i.e. to pry. Not heavy duty prying, but other pry jobs. And because it's so short, it hasn't broken on me through my misuse and abuse. You may vary. Again, Kershaw Shuffle 2. Decent knife, not very expensive, comes in three different colors, black, tan, and olive drab. And if you're checking it out um, and you like it, buy it. If you see the Shuffle 1, the original, those come in really cool colors too. I think I have zombie green, purple, and black. I've given a bunch of them away, so I don't really know how many we have left. But Kershaw Shuffle 2. I think it'll be great for EDC, and if you have to use it for self-defense, which means you're having a really bad day and you're going to have to fight for your life with a two and a half inch blade, it's better to have it nothing, and most of the arteries and veins, well, pretty much in the arms and legs, are close to the surface, so you can still do damage with this if you know what you're doing. Hey, guys in prison use tooth, tooth, was it toothbrushes as shanks. You'll be doing fine with a Kershaw if somehow poop hits the fan and you have to fight with your knife in your John Wick fantasy. Because remember, John Wick killed two men with a pencil. You should be okay with a Kershaw Shuffle too. All right, I'll be back.
and welcome back. We're into gun culture now and I'm going to talk about trends in the firearms industry and what should you do as a regular gun owner? Do you need to be up on the latest trend? If you already have, you know, if you're already a gun owner and you purchased something back in the day, should you have it upgraded? Should you buy a new one? How's this? One, do what you want. But is it necessary? Depends on what you have. If you have something that's not working correctly, yeah, either get it repaired or, you know, uh, buy a new one. But let's just go with some simple stuff from back in the day that you may have had. Uh, Semi-automatic. Okay, let's say you went gun shopping in the 90s, early 90s, before the assault weapon ban. AR-15s weren't really that popular with most people. So if you bought a semi-automatic rifle, and this is me going back and trying to remember, you either bought an SKS because they were cheap, they were inexpensive guns, or, or you bought an AK because, again, they were inexpensive. They were around the $200 mark uh, for a semi-automatic handgun. Now, let's say you were a tactical Timmy in 1990, okay? You purchased probably a Beretta because the military just does, the military just adopted it. So you got a Beretta 92. You picked up maybe um, an 870 Wingmaster, like all combated up with the tube extension and everything. So you got a Beretta, you got the shotgun, and again, tactical Timmy, but you wanted something semi-auto. You bought an AR-15. Like, you're one of those dudes that bought an AR back in the day. So you have the M16A2 version of the AR. They have the A2 version. All right, you had fun. You shot the snot out of those guns back then. Those are your three go-to guns. Now you're checking it out again. You started looking at videos and stuff. Are you behind the curve? Are you so far back that you just need to buy all new guns? Not at all. You have very effective guns, especially if you know how to run them. Can you add accessories to them? Sure. Can you send them in to somebody and get work done? Sure. You can send that shotgun to Scattergun Technologies, uh, get a peep sight put on it, get an optic rail, excuse me, yeah, optic rail put on. You can also have something hooked up so you can add a flashlight easily, unlike we did it back in the day. Yeah, sure. Is it necessary? No, not at all. If you've been around long enough, you watch things like, well, only wood and steel are real guns, and anything with paper on it, uh, plastic on it, is garbage. Plastic and aluminum, not real serious. M16, AR-15, poodle shooters. You can't even hunt with that cartridge, much less stop a man, really. Okay. Um, okay, and of course, the SKS and the uh, AKs were commie guns. And you wouldn't want to own those if you were real serious about stuff because, well, they're old. They're from 1940s. So all that stuff was like, mm. and now you fast forward, people love all that stuff. They love the retro. They love the, the latest and the greatest. Oh, 1911s were garbage, right? Because they were antiquated, had a grip safety, had a thumb safety, uh, shot the big, slow 45 rounds. And even when you had them in 9mm, people complained about them. Oh, they don't work like they should, and yada, yada. Now, all of a sudden, Cicado is the greatest thing, and 2011s is what every tactical Timmy drools over and wants to have. I'm like, look, a lot of it is trendy. Some stuff, yeah, 
it, it wasn't working that great, but it could work better. And it did with work. You had to send it into a company and get it to operate well. But guess what? You had to do that with 1911s too. If you want to get caught up in a trend, do it. It's fun. Is it necessary? No. Uh, have we picked up more capability with things like M-Lock, um, Red Dot Optics, Magnifiers, uh, LV, what is it? <laughs> variable optic, low-powered variable optics? Yes. Is it necessary? No. If you know how to use your gun and you've trained with your gun and you've put a bunch of rounds through it, you know that firearm? You can run a lever action, 357 Magnum. You can run a revolver. You still have a really good home defense guy. Can someone with a staccato 1911 blaze more rounds than you before between reloads? Yeah. Yeah. How about the AR? Yeah, it's easier to use. Some things are trends. Some things are better. Figure out which is which. Spend your money wisely. Oh, yeah, and no matter what you do, there are no shortcuts. Train with your firearm. Practice with your firearm. If you go to training and all you want to do is collect certificates and certifications, congratulations. Every time you go, you have to relearn your gun all over again because you didn't practice, i.e. you're wasting time. You're wasting money. Practice between your training sessions because sometimes you find out you didn't know what you don't know. All right, man. Have fun with this. Guns can be fun. It doesn't all have to be serious. You can get 22s to plink. You can get 9mm to plink. Heck, you can get 50 BMG to plink. Because really, that's what you're doing with a 50 BMG. I mean, what else are you doing with it? You're having fun at the range. We're at 5 to $10 a round. Or you can have them for home defense. Or you can have them for hunting. Or you can have them for a tyrannical government. But as long as you train with them, shoot them, have fun. Oh, yeah. And fight for your right to own them. Do what you like. All right. This is the end of uh, (laughs) gun culture. See you in the next segment. Hey, this is Zeke Stout. I've been trying to come on Tony's podcast for so long, so I had to steal his phone out of his pocket. It was sticking out of his back pocket, and I got it. And please, God, please just email him and say, I want Zeke Stout on your podcast, because this is really hurting. This has been like two years that I've been trying to get on his podcast, and he just won't let me do it. Anyways, uh, follow me on Instagram. It's at Zeke underscore Stout, and any other thing, it's all pretty much at Zeke underscore Stout. And yeah, tell Tony I need to be on the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> oh my God. All right, we're in the shout out section, and this is about the end of this podcast. So, what I want to do is uh, thank everyone that listened. Thank you to all the Patreons that support us. If you want to support the podcast, go to uh, patreon.com and uh, look up the 2A4E podcast, or the second is for everyone podcast, and help us uh, pay for pizza, pay for ammo, do that kind of thing. It really takes a lot of pressure off for us to be able to host the next event. Um, right now, 
right now, I would like to get a shout out to all the volunteers that come to this event. This cannot be overstated how important you are to the Second is for Everyone diversity shoot. Uh, I have a crew of guys that have been with me for seven years. They can't make every event, but I have a group of people uh, that are awesome, that come out to the events and make them happen, that take their time, take their ammo, and use it to introduce new people to firearms. And I'm talking 20, 30 people that come through and shoot their firearms and they have discussions with them and they make them comfortable. And these are people from various backgrounds, uh, races, gender, you know, all the stuff they try to divide us up in and tell us that, you know, we all hate each other. Uh, these people take their time to come out and introduce people to their civil right. And I'd really like to thank them. I say it every time we have an event. In our post-event hangout, I talk to these guys and ladies and thank them personally for coming out. But I'd like to do it here. Thank you very much. Thank you to all the attendees too, but this shout out is actually for the people that come out every time. And then when they can't make it, they apologize, dude. Like, they let me down. <laughs> like... Yeah, we, we host these. We're on schedule to do 24 of these this year. I totally understand someone <laughs> not making it out. But you guys are great. I'd like to thank you very much for what you do. The next diversity shoot coming up is August 24th at the Recoil Range in Monroe, New Jersey. Actually, is Recoil Range in Monroe, New Jersey. Uh, please come out. We're having fun. We're eating pizza. We're educating people on their Second Amendment rights. And we'd love to see you and your family, friends, and co-workers. So until next time, thanks a lot. Bye.